Our relationship Stephen Dro- uh, expert Stephen Dromgold has advice for us this morning on managing loss in a relationship because we, we all experience loss of different forms throughout our lives, but people have very different ways of handling it, don't they, Stephen? Absolutely. I, um, when I came up with this topic of loss and um, I was thinking about what I was going to talk about and I realized, oh my God, I really have defined, haven't defined this anywhere near enough. But like you're saying, it's, it's totally a, a universal thing that can um, impact us in really huge kind of catastrophic ways, but, but also in, in some um, small and seemingly mundane ways as well. Well, before we look at the different ways people handle loss, why don't we start with a definition then? What do you mean broadly by, by loss? Oh God! Uh, <laughs> okay, what well, I mean? Do you mean like? Do you mean losing a family member? You haven't got it. Yeah. No, okay. no, I mean I think at its most basic, loss is really that we want something and we haven't got it. Um, right. Whether that you know whatever that is. Um, yeah. Okay, and um, and, so. and and so it can it can be kind of kind of big or or small. Yeah. It can have impacts that last years or just a short period of time. But but what are the different ways in which people? Handle loss. So, um, just because you know my focus is really on relationships, there's a particular dynamic that comes up in a relationship, which is that in most relationships you have one person who tends to emotionally um, approach life from a more avoidant perspective, and avoiders tend to fall in love with people who are more sort of emotionally connected. So that's how the two of them meet each other. Um, and so we call those people the pursuers. And so in broad terms, there's a really, really common trend that will happen is that, that when, um, when we experience loss, um, the way that we're going to want to receive comfort and receive care is going to uh, differ depending on if we're an avoider or, or a pursuer. Now, obviously, people, this is sort of on a spectrum. And so, um, but in general, like if you're, if, you know, if you're so shut down, you only talk to people once a year and your partner's so shut down that they only talk to people every six months, in this relationship, the six-month person is the pursuer. Um, so the, um, and so basically what happens is, in general, pursuers, uh, when they, they get up, <clears throat> what they're looking for is emotional empathy. Right. Okay. Right. Which is more the, more the time that we, we would recognise that something bad happens, and we're like, "Oh my God, that's so terrible! You must feel so sad." And you know, we're we're sort of emotionally kind of connecting um, in that style that a lot of us would see as more as more feminine. Um, and again, bear in mind that about eighty percent of pursuers do tend to be women. Right. Um, right. But not all of them, but but lots of them. Okay. Um, Why is that? And so. Um, I think there's a, a bunch of things, but I mean, socialization and biology and all of those things yeah. do tend to, to play a big part. So if you're a, if you're a teenage um, boy and you go to school and you cry your eyes out, um, bad things are probably going to happen to yeah, you. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, whereas if you're a girl, you know, you're more likely to receive res- uh, support. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, so realistically, the, the the more problematic people do tend to be the avoiders because if we a lot of what we tend to try and do is avoid uncomfortable emotions, and so if something bad's happening, we, we you know we may shut down, you know we will go quiet, we might get more grumpy, we might get angry, you know we might be yelling at the TV about you know the Olympics and you know it's actually really about something else. 
Um, and so often then pursuers, you know, who are very caring, empathic people, then want to say, oh, you know, you must feel so sad or so overwhelmed. I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. Um, and, and so we'll tend to push it away, and then that creates a relational dynamic because then the pursuer feels hurt because, you know, I was just trying to be supportive and you're being a total dick. Um, and so uh, and so, it's just understanding that when you, you're dealing with an avoider, what we tend to want is thought empathy, which basically means it's the acknowledgement that it makes sense that we're upset. Right. And if we if we can get that, it's often easier for us to then go into emotional empathy. So, I um, you know, COVID's a really good example because pretty much everyone has some loss around COVID, big or small. Um, but one of the one of the big impacts for me with COVID is that I was apart from my um, from my daughters, and in particular, I missed my um, my youngest daughter's last six months of school. And you know, she was head girl, so I, I you know I missed a whole bunch of things yeah. in relation to that. Yeah. And one of the things that that my wife did that was really kind of helpful in terms of that is she might notice that I was a little bit quiet or you know a little bit shut down or something, and she would say, "Hey, you know," so she would do this mind reading thing where she say, hey, it makes sense that you're missing Abby or something. And sometimes, you know, like I wouldn't have even been aware that that, that was the, the feeling that was sitting underneath all of that. Um, and so then just by doing that, it was kind of like, oh, you know, and then you'd get that breath and yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah so it's almost like a there. kind of proactive empathy. Instead of saying, what's wrong yeah. with you? I can understand yeah. how that has upset you. She's actually, she's yeah. actually, your relationship is at the point where she's like, I can, you know, without saying anything, she can say, without you having said anything, she can say, you know, yeah. it makes sense that you'd be feeling a bit stink about that. Yeah, yeah. And so there's some, and particularly for guys, because we tend to be socialized not to acknowledge our emotions just to make sense. Yeah, yeah, it does make sense that I feel sad about this. Yeah, this is a loss. And so then it frees me up. To, to the and then what as an avoider what I'd be like like yeah you know and then it might be well you know should we go for a walk so often we'll tend to want to do active things and you know it's not that often you know that I'm going to fall into a sobbing mess on the floor yeah um, but but just having someone acknowledge that that my feelings make sense um, you know it makes the world um, better for me I feel more understood I feel more connected. Mm. Um, whereas if you try that with a pursuer that's not going to be really um, that's not going to be very satisfying. So my wife had, um, you know, a big kind of 30-year um, as an artist exhibition, and then because of COVID, it got shut down literally like two days before yeah, it right. was happening, and it was a really big deal. And so if I said, oh, you know, it, it makes sense that you feel sad about the, um, the you know, the um, exhibition not yeah. happening, it'd be like, duh, of course it makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, so what she really needed me was for me to be saying, wow, you know, that sucks. That, you know, it's so unfair. And I can't believe that this happened. It'd really be kind of emotionally sort of, um, you know, uh, expressing and validating the emotional side of it. Mm. Um, and then from that place, she would then go more into talking and processing it. Yeah. So if you want to see a really kind of funny video of this mismatch in action, we put something on the, um, the Relate Facebook page. Um, it's a short little film called It's Not About the Nail. Um, some of you may have seen it, um, but it you know it sort of shows you that you know that that pretty common myth and might be a good reminder yeah. how to do this in the future. Okay, thanks, Stephen.